and sisters, I greet you all in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it is my honor this afternoon to introduce to you our brother Ewald Frank. You know, many of us are familiar with the ministry of our brother Frank and the many people in Atlantis that we have distributed his sermons to. Today, they heard his voice on the radio for the past just over five weeks, we have started uh, to uh, go on the air on Radio Atlantis and every evening when we are on the air, we would play one of his sermons. So many of the people around and from Atlantis, they have heard his voice and tonight they will have the opportunity to see our brother in the flesh, to hear him speak in front of them. And even this afternoon, our brother was on the radio. We had some questions, Bible questions, which he answered. If you are interested, we had it recorded and you may have one of these copies. But, brothers and sisters and friends, no, it's a privilege for me tonight, or this afternoon, to introduce to you Brother Frank from Germany, from the Mission Center in Crefield. Our brother has been in the ministry for over 40 years. He has been ministering the Word of God from city to city. Our brother is normally at home or in Germany for two weeks of the month and the other two weeks he is in a city somewhere in the world. And our brother will be 75 uh, next month. He will, he, will, he will be 75 years old and still traveling for over 40 years. Brothers and sisters, it gives me great, great pleasure Pleasure tonight to introduce Brother Frank. I greet you all in the precious name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Hopefully, you understand my English. It's very important to understand the language, but also important to understand the Word of God by, by divine revelation. We have sang wonderful songs, let me straight ways go into the Word of God. I believe the most important thing on earth today is to know God's promised word, to become part of what God is doing right now, not to play religion or church, but to know what God promised. True faith anchors into a promise God made. If you don't have a promise, you have imagination. Only if you have a promise in God's Word, your faith anchors into that promise of God. Romans chapter 4, after the Lord God had spoken to Abraham, Abraham believed what God said and he saw 
the promise fulfilled. We shall read a number of scriptures because I want you to, to know the word of God. From Titus chapter 1, from Titus chapter 1, we shall read verse 1. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect, according to the faith of God's elect, and the not acknowledging of the truth, the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness. Titus chapter 2 verse 1, but speak thou the things which have become sound doctrine. Verse 8, sound speech that cannot be condemned. Say amen. Sound speech that cannot be condemned. Verse 13, looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The main subject the world over at this time is the return of Christ. The promised return of Christ, the fulfillment of Bible prophecies in our time, and especially the promises given to the church, to the body of Christ, and then, of course, to the bride, to hear the true word of God. If we look into the beginning of the New Testament, Bible prophecies began to come to pass. John the Baptist was a promised prophet. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3, we read, A voice cries in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight a way for our God. In Malachi 3, verse 1, we read, I will send my messenger before my face to prepare my way before me. When the time was fulfilled, and I want you to please pay attention to it. When the time was fulfilled, and all these promises and prophecies were to become a reality, heaven came down to earth and God confirmed every promise he made in reference to the first coming of Christ right from the beginning starting with the ministry of John the Baptist 
Who was a man sent from God with the message of God to the people of God. He was a promised prophet. And we have to acknowledge the scripture and also what God is doing according to his word in his kingdom. Luke chapter 1 records that the angel Gabriel came down from heaven speaking to Zacharias in the temple standing at the right hand of the altar announcing the birth of John the Baptist saying he will go before the Lord in the power and spirit of Elijah to prepare and I want you to very carefully listen to the words prepare and restore. These two words are very important and it's necessary for us to pay attention to them. In Luke chapter 1 verse 16 and 17 we read and many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. Amen. A true man of God does not blow his own trumpet. A man of God prepares the way of the Lord. Amen. And the Lord prepares the hearts to receive the message Amen. and to come in contact with God and His plan of salvation. Amen. He shall turn, He shall turn, verse 17, and He shall go before Him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready to make ready a people prepared for the Lord this was the ministry of John the Baptist to make the way to prepare not only the way, but to prepare the people to walk in that way which was being prepared. Did you pay precise attention yes. to what we read? To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Amen. May the service before that purpose that we're prepared for the return of Christ. We all know that we're living very close to the end of the time of grace. And we do have a promise in God's Word in the Old Testament and it's confirmed in the New Testament, I read it to you first 
from the Old Testament and then from the New. Malachi chapter 4, verse 5 and 6. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. And he shall turn, and he shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Turn. Come with me to Matthew 17, where our Lord in the New Testament, after the ministry of John the Baptist was long finished, confirmed the promise from the Old Testament. Matthew 17, verse 11. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Elijah truly shall first come and restore all things. I will send you Elijah the prophets before the great and dreadful day of the Lord will come. Now we are in the day of salvation. In the time of grace, Isaiah chapter 49, verse 6 to 8, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, this is the acceptable time, this is the day of salvation. And before this day of salvation ends, before the day of the Lord commences, before sun turns into darkness and the moon into blood, before the stars will fall from heaven, God promised, before that day comes, I will send you Elijah the prophet to restore all things, to turn the hearts of God's children back to the Bible, back to God, back to the Word. At the end of the time of grace, all things must be restored to where they were at the beginning. If you wish to know about the day of the Lord, you need to read Isaiah chapter 13 from verse 6 and then you continue to all the other scriptures in the Old and then in the New Testament speaking about the day of the Lord. Isaiah chapter 13 verse 6 Wail for the day of the Lord is at end it comes as a destruction from the Almighty. You can continue to read in verse 10, For the stars of heaven and the constellations thereof shall not give their light, and the sun shall be darkened at its going forth, and the moon 
shall not have its light to shine. Then if you go to the prophet Joel, chapter 2, the prophet Joel, chapter 2, here we have again a description about the day of the Lord. Joel, chapter 2, verse 31. The sun shall turn into darkness, and the moon into blood, before the great and terrible day of the Lord's comes. You go to Acts chapter 2, in the first sermon on the day of Pentecost, the Apostle Peter, under the direct inspiration of the Holy Spirit, referred, referred to that scripture in the Old Testament, Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, verse 20. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and notable day of the Lord would come. Amen. And you go to Matthew chapter 24 to know precisely when the introduction into the day of the Lord would be. Matthew 24 verse 29 Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall give its light no more and the stars shall fall from heaven. We can go from scripture to scripture to show to you from the Old and the New Testament what the day of the Lord will be. And if you go to Revelation, the sixth chapter, right into the sixth seal, you have the full introduction into the day of the Lord. Revelation chapter 6 verse 12 And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal and lo there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair and the moon became like blood. What I want you to understand, beloved brothers and sisters, dear friends, God has a plan of salvation. And the time of grace began, and the time of grace will end. And before the time of grace ends, God made the promise, I will send you Elijah the prophet to restore all things, to turn the hearts, not the heads, not the heads, to turn the hearts, the hearts, back to God, back to the Word. Why did God mention Elijah? You go to 1 Kings 17, you go to 1 Kings 18, and you see precisely why God chose Elijah as that example of the prophet 
that would come on the scene just before the return of Christ, before the time of grace would be over. So we understand from God's holy word, His plan, and we understand that we're now at the end of the time of grace. That scripture had to be fulfilled like the scripture which was given for John the Baptist in his ministry had to be fulfilled. Every word of God must be fulfilled and God has taken responsibility to fulfill every promise he made in his book. So we understand there are promises for Israel and there are promises for the church. What did Elijah do? He took the twelve stones, he called into the twelve tribes of Israel and he rebuilt the altar and he put the sacrifice on the altar and he put water upon the sacrifice and then he looked towards heaven. All the children of Israel had gathered. The day of decision, the hour of decision had come. And the challenge was, how long will you follow the Baal priests? How long will you follow the Asherah priests? If God is God, follow Him. Turn back to Him. And when the prayer was finished, you know what he prayed? Let it be known today that you are the true God in Israel, and I'm your servant, and that I have done all these things at your command. At your command. And in verse 37, you read, And God turned the hearts of the people. God turned the hearts of the people. So, I have to share this with you because if I would only know what God did in the days of Elijah the Tishbite in the Old Testament, or if I would only know what God has done 2,000 years ago, I should not even be here. What is the message of the hour? What is the command of the hour? Where do we stand spiritually? Looking into the history of mankind, we had 2,000 years from Adam to Abraham, again 2,000 years from Abraham to Christ, and now we have again 2,000 years behind us. And if you go into the prophetic scripture, one day with the Lord is like a thousand years with us. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 8 and in verse 10 in Second Peter 3 we read about the day of the Lord that the elements on earth will melt in fervent heat and that God will take vengeance 
and terrible things will take place. So, from the scriptures, we understand that God had to send a prophet to restore us, to bring us back, to prepare the way, to prepare the hearts, to line us up with God, to be one with God. I've written it into my Bible. You are aware of the fact that I'm in the kingdom of God since 1948. And that's quite a time back. In 1949, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And for the first time, gentlemen from the USA and one of them from South Africa came to Hamburg, Germany to testify of what they had experienced in the meetings of Brother Brennan. One was David Duplessis from your country, known as Mr. Pentecost. I met, I met him for the first time in 1949. And then, of course, all the other brothers from the United States. So I'm acquainted with the things God has done in our time. And I knew Brother Branham for exactly 10 years. I was in his meetings in Germany. I was in his meetings in the USA. I drove with him in the same car, ate with him at the same table. I saw the supernatural with my own eyes. I can say, like the Apostle John, what our eyes have seen and our ears have heard from the word of life that we share with you. When Brother Brennan came to Germany, not speaking a single word of our language, but every person he prayed for, God showed him a vision, and in this vision, he saw the person. Sometimes he would say, you come from Hamburg, you come from Berlin, you have this and that. God revealed to him in a vision who the person is and what the problems were. I saw this for a complete week, just day after day, service after service. Brothers and sisters, we wept, I wept, because it was not only written over the platform, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today and forever. We saw it, we experienced it, and then Brother Brennan explained his ministry, that the same ministry our Lord Jesus had a son of man because Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 18 had said and prophesied a prophet like unto me the Lord God will bring forth from your brethren. So our Lord a son of man had his prophetic ministry and in John chapter 1 he could say 
be fulfilled called you I've seen you under the tree he would say to Simon when Andrew brought him to the Lord thy name is Simon thy father's name is Jonas our Lord could tell the woman at the well four husbands you had and the one you have got now is not your husband. Brother Branham explained John chapter 5 verse 19 the son can do nothing but what he sees the father do the son does likewise what he sees what he sees what he sees the same ministry that happened to the Jews and to the Gentiles I saw with my own eyes and beloved brothers and sisters I wrote it into my Bible the testimony of Brother Branham's lips as John the Baptist was sent to forerun the first coming of Christ the message given to you will be the forerunner of the second coming of Christ I believe this with all my heart not only because I'm an eyewitness and ear witness but it helped me and believe me from the first service I attended in August 1955 I knew this is a man sent from God and the next question I had was what does this man believe what does he teach how does he baptize what does he preach and teach about the Godhead already at that time I knew about the different teachings Jesus only teaching here, Trinity teaching here, and so forth. But when I saw the divine confirmation of the Word of God in the ministry of Brother Branham, I just had one desire to know what this man teaches, what he believes, how he baptizes. And then the time came in June. 1958 at the Dallas, Texas convention arranged by Gordon Lindsay who wrote the book A, a Man Sent from God William Brennan A Man Sent from God and in that convention in the morning and afternoon services the greatest evangelists of the USA were preaching in the evening services brother Branham was the main speaker so I saw the difference one day the next day the next day I saw the difference they all were mighty preachers but then the ministry of brother Branham so totally different so you know what I did I went to see Brother Branham. I went to see Brother Branham and I said, Brother Branham, I see the difference 
between your ministry and the ministries of all these other brothers. And then we were speaking and he was speaking. And suddenly I asked again, Brother Brandon, tell me, what is it all about? And then he said, Brother Frank, I have a message I must bring. I have a message I must bring. A message. God's promised word for this day. So from June the 11th, that's also a very peculiar date. You all remember June the 11th? 1933, and I met brothers and sisters in 1966 who were present in 1933 when the supernatural light came down and when Brother Brennan was about to baptize the 17th person, he prayed. He prayed, Lord God, as I baptize in water, will you baptize with the Holy Ghost and fire. And just then, he heard the voice, look up. And the second time, even stronger, look up. And when he looked up, there was that supernatural cloud. And from the supernatural cloud, the voice spoke to him the words, I just write to you, as John the Baptist was sent to forerun the first coming of Christ. You are sent with a message which will forerun the second coming of Christ. In April 1966, Billy Paul Branham, the son of Brother Branham, asked if there are some in the congregation who were present on June the 11th, I counted between 10 and 12 people stood up in April 1966 who were present on June the 11th, 1933. By the way, maybe it's not important for you, but it is important for me. We have to check all things with the Word of God. And that promise had to be fulfilled. There's just no way around it. So, in April 1966, the funeral of Brother Branham has taken place. And because I came from Germany, I asked the gentleman to open the coffin for me. And I was the last one to see William Branham in the coffin. I went up the wooden stairs and I saw this man of God. There was no scratch, nothing that would remind you on the exit, absolutely nothing. He was just the way I always knew him to be. Amen. But now comes the second part Many of you might have heard about the call the Lord gave me, and I'm honestly the least. Maybe God didn't find 
somebody else yet to take me. But I, Brother Frank, heard the old penetrating voice of the Lord with these ears. With these ears. For the first time on April the 2nd, 1962, which was a Monday morning, to make it short, I was looking towards the window, and then it happened, it happened. I was looking straight to the window like this, and the voice of the Lord came from up, but from the right like this. And these words were said in the German language, My servant, your time for this city will soon be over. I will send you to other cities to preach my word. The next moment I was flat on the carpet. I had no strength left in my body. Only after some time I regained a little strength. And when I stood to my feet, I looked towards the window and I said, Dear Lord, they will not hear me. They've got all things in plenty. They are not ready to listen. Believe it or not, I have just finished saying these words. And the Lord spoke the second time. My servant, the time will come when they will hear you storming food for a great famine is coming. Then thou shalt stand amidst the people to give out the food. To be honest, various vegetables and food was mentioned, which we do have in the natural. And I misunderstood and we had put natural food in store, but no famine came. But there came a desperation upon me. Just as the months and the weeks and the days were moving on, I said, Lord, take my life. I will not preach anymore. You said there would be a famine, and there is no famine, so I will not preach anymore. And just then, just then, a brother came to me, bringing me 1,200 Dutch guldens, Dutch guldens, not German marks, Dutch guldens, was 10% higher than our currency. And he said, Brother Frank, I don't know why, but there might be a need for you to make a trip. When the man had left, something spoke in my heart. Go to the travel agency, inquire about the trip to the USA. And that was it. I booked the flight, and on December the 3rd, which was also a Monday, I had the interview with Brother Branham. And he said word for word in the precise order the Lord had spoken to me over in Germany. 
I have seen this with other people in the services that God would show unto him in a vision and speak directly to him. But now I was sitting opposite Brother Branham and Brother Woods and Brother Softman were sitting at the same table facing one another. And here Brother Branham repeats word for word. The Lord has spoken to me. And then he said, Brother Frank, you misunderstood. You thought there would be a natural famine and you put natural food and groceries in store. And then they explained that God will send a famine to hear his words. And the, the food you could put in store is the promised work of God for this day. I lie not. I tell you the truth. Amen. I'm not a storyteller. I don't come from Texas. I'm not a storyteller. So dear friends, after Brother Brandon had said these words, there was a moment of silence. And then he said, Brother Frank, wait with the giving out of the food until you get the rest of the food. This part I did not understand. I just left it the way it was said. But dear friends, on April the 11th, 1966, after Brother Brenner was buried, I went I went very much. To be honest, I don't know of another day in my life that I wept for about two hours. I could not comprehend how the bride of Christ could be prepared for the second coming without the ministry this man of God had received from the Almighty. And I was talking to the Lord and said, please, for me, a whole world had collapsed. But on the evening of the same day, no more tears. I came back to my hotel room and there was a heavenly place just flooding my soul. I don't know whether you experienced this or not, but something that you feel, it's there. It's there. A peace, a joy, just, just beyond what you could comprehend. And then it happened. That the Lord reminded me that the time would come when the stored in food would be given out. So from the very day of the burial of William Branham, God's promised prophet for this day. A man sent from God with the message of God to the people of God according to the divine commission. I've taken the message of the hour to the ends of the earth. And I look back to all these many years in the ministry and I'm 
just grateful to Almighty God. Over 10,000 sermons have come through my lips. And to be honest, and I say this to the glory of God, I never preached one thing that I had to correct or to take back. But one thing, but one thing. And I reject every interpretation regardless of who brings it. Any interpretation is the work of the enemy. God is only in his word. Satan, the angel of light, is in every interpretation. So we don't believe any of the interpretations. We just believe the original word of God. And by the way, it is not enough to take one statement. Like it's not enough to take one reference in the scriptures. For instance, if you only take Matthew 28, 19, you can say a thousand times, Jesus said, Jesus said, Jesus said. But did you understand what Jesus said? Amen. Amen. Of course, Jesus said, Go ye into all the world, teach all nations, baptizing them into the name of Father, Son, Holy Ghost. But what is the name? Before I can do the baptism, I must know the name. And so on the day of Pentecost, the Apostle Peter, who heard the Lord give the last commission in his first sermon, said, Repent, every one of you, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. For this promise is unto you, to your children, and to as many as the Lord our God shall call. Now, I want you to be shocked. One day, many years ago, I heard William Branham say, making the statement, every person baptized in the formula of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost is baptized into the Roman Catholic Church. My, I switched the tape off. I pressed the button. This was many years ago. I think it was in 1964. But beloved, if you go to church history, right to the end of the second century, all believers were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Just when they started with the preaching of the Trinity and trial baptism, they misunderstood Matthew 28. And so, there are quite a number of misunderstandings of the quotes of Brother Mary. And this hurts me. I cannot express how I feel if Brother Brennan in his statements is misunderstood. I feel hurt at the same time, not only because I loved him, but because my ministry is directly connected to his ministry. And brothers and sisters, 
Let me tell you this straight and straight. Everything God promised in His Word is connected to reality. There is no teaching and no fulfillment of a prophecy except it happens the way it was promised. Never an explanation or interpretation like the birth of the Savior was a reality. His life was a reality. His ministry was a reality. No explanation, reality. Because Isaiah 35 says, when the Lord God will come, the blind will see, the lame will walk. Isaiah chapter 35, verse 5 and 6. So, when John was in prison, he sent uh, maybe two disciples to ask Jesus, are you the one that was to come? Our Lord did not say yes, and he did not say no. What did he say? Go and tell John what you see and what you hear. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk. And they, they knew it's a fulfillment of scripture. It's a promise which has become a reality. So everything with our Lord and Savior is a reality. His ministry, his suffering, his death, his resurrection, the 40 days after the resurrection he spent with his disciples. And if you go to Luke chapter 24, verse 15 and 51, he took his disciples right up to Bethany, raised his hands and blessed them. I'm glad our Lord did not go to heaven like this. No, he raised his hands and while he was blessing his own, he was taken bodily into glory. And then if you go to Acts chapter 1, verse 9 to 11. The same Jesus who was taken from you into glory will come in the same way as you have seen him go up into heaven. Not a teaching, not a revelation. The same Jesus Christ who died will return and we shall see him. Let me read it to you from the Holy Scriptures. And I beg all of you, in the name of the Lord, respect the Word of God. And I tell you why I have to emphasize it. If you don't respect the Word of God, God will not even talk to you. Finished. Finished. If you don't respect the Word of God, God cannot and will not talk to you. In 1st John, in 1st John, we read, let's say, two, two most outstanding verses. 1st John, chapter 2, well, let's read verse 28 and 29. 
and now little children abide in him that when he shall appear when he shall appear we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming so here appearing and coming are at the same time in the same verse we read on in verse 29 if ye know that the righteousness is there ye know that everyone who does righteousness is born of him is born of him now first john chapter 3 verse 2 beloved now we are the children of god and it does not yet appear what we shall be but we know that when he shall appear we shall are you reading with me when he shall appear we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is that's thus says the lord i beg you again beloved brother i beg you again believe the word of god the way it is written amen otherwise judgment is waiting for you i know what people speak about perishing and this and that brothers and sisters just as an information when we had the international conference in 1971 and then of course the main conference in 1975 brother Sidney Jackson my old friend was with us and also a brother friend of born born in Greece a Greek a Greek by birth and the question came up about the word parousia and I was the one to answer brother Frangos who is now 92 years and lives in Makain in Australia I said brother Frangos you are a Greek man you're born in your country tell us what the word parousia means you know what happened he stood up went out the door and closed the door behind him and we all were amazed we just were looking what's going on around here just on the platform the, the door he took and he went out and then he returned and he said this is parousia personal bodily coming personal bodily appearing is parousia not some imagination god does not deal with imaginations everything with god is a reality and the return of jesus christ will be the biggest, the largest, the greatest event of all the history of mankind. It's shown in the word of God very, very plain. 
Let me read it to you from 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians, chapter 3, verse, 1 Thessalonians, chapter 3, the last verse, verse 13. To the end, he might establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. I could read many, many scriptures, and there again, Brother Branham made the statement, the Lord has appeared to us in these last days. Well, we all know, and I know it, in every service when Brother Branham prayed for the sake, the spiritual, the light, came down the same pillar of fire that was with Moses. The 40 days, the same light that Paul, that Paul saw on the way to Damascus, the same pillar of fire that was taken as a photo on January the 20th, 1950, in Houston, Texas, when Brother Brennan finally was called to the platform. There was a debate going on between Mr. Bosworth, whom I also knew personally, and with Mr. Best, who was against divine healing, and called Brother Branham every name under the sun. And then finally, when Brother Branham was called to the platform, he said the simple, simple words, I am not here to defend myself, the one who sent me, he will speak for me. And the two photographers, Mr. Ayers, a Roman Catholic, Mr. Kepperman, a Jew, and both did not believe in the supernatural ministry that was going on. And just before midnight, they knocked at Brother Branham's hotel room and said, listen, do you have a moment to spare? Do you know that there was a light above your head? And Brother Branham said, I know it, but it's, it wasn't for me, it's for you. It's a testimony, it's a witness for all of you. Beloved friends, beloved friends, then this photo was sent to Washington, D.C. You're acquainted, you're acquainted with all what happened. And there, Dr. George J. Lacey, on January the 27th, gave a statement that no retouching, no double exposure, nothing happened. The supernatural light was there, otherwise the limbs would not have uh, been able to take that photo. And you know what Brother Frank did? Brother Frank made a trip to Washington, D.C. Just because Brother Branham said, 
This picture hangs in Washington, D.C. So, on my next trip to Tucson, Arizona, I made a stop over in Washington. And I searched all morning. And it was about a quarter past eleven. And a man came my way and said, Dear sir, I'm a stranger. I'm looking for the Hall of Art. And he said, Dear sir, just enter this building. That's where the Hall of Art is. And I, brother Frank, held a picture which hangs in Washington, D.C. I held it with these hands. With these hands. It was on the December, I think the 18th of December, 1968. Beloved, as I told you, I'm an eyewitness, I'm an eyewitness. But not very quickly. For the last few moments we have here, what about restoration? What about coming back to God? What about believing, as the scripture says? Amen. Here, something very, very important must be said. The Word of God is the original saint. That is the longest sermon William Brennan preached. Six hours and 32 minutes. Amen. The longest sermon. The original Word of God is the saint. If you go to Matthew 13, 37, and 38 especially. Before that our Lord said, there's one sower who sows the good seed, and that's the Son of Man. And the children of the Kingdom of God, they are that good seed. Then you go to Mark chapter 4, verse 14, where our Lord made the statement, the word is the seed. And then you go to Luke chapter 8, verse 11. Luke chapter 8, verse 11. I read it. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Very quickly, in the first promise, in Genesis 3, 15, God made the promise that the seed of God would come through the woman to bruise the serpent's head and to give us deliverance and salvation. Then all the promises throughout the Old Testament about the seed, about the seed, about the seed. Let me read to you from the Old Testament two scriptures speaking about the seed in singular, in speaking about the seed in the plural. In Isaiah chapter 53, we have one of the main scriptures showing unto us what it means to be a son and a daughter of God. Isaiah chapter 53, 
verse 10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. When he shall make his soul an offering for sin, then he shall see his seed. Christ, the seed of God, in the singular, all sons and daughters of God are the seed in the plural. Let us go to Psalms 89. In Psalms 89, verse 29, we read, His seed also will I make to endure forever, and his throne as the days of heaven. Verse 36, His seed shall endure forever, and his throne as the sun before me. Then we go to Galatians chapter 4, Galatians chapter 4, verse 28, Galatians chapter 4, verse 28. Now we brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. I like this. You know, Brother Brennan referred to Genesis 18 almost every time before starting the prayer for the sick. Speaking about what happened in Genesis 18 when the Lord God gave the promise to Abraham and then Brother Brennan even made the statement that you might know that the same ministry that happened in the days of Abraham and in the days of the Son of Man is repeated here now. He turned his back to the congregation like this. He turned his back to the congregation and said, Thus says the Lord, the lady with the blue dress is coming from so and so. And precisely describing one person after the other. Just to have God confirming that the same ministry as the last sign is repeating to the Gentile church. Amen. Beloved brothers and sisters, Amen. I have a responsibility before God Almighty. And I would wish I could say this with the sound of a trumpet. Don't miss the day of God's visitation. Don't miss the last call. Don't miss the message of the hour. Line up with God. Line up with the promises of God for this day. And become part of what God is doing right now. All of you who remain in the word of God. We shall see everything taking place. Don't worry about anything. Don't worry even about Revelation 10. 
Why should you be worried? Are you going to do it? Are you going to accomplish it? No. So leave it with God. That's all there is to it. Just leave it with God. Why should I interpret? Why? Why? I don't even, even have his thoughts. But here it is. Just for those who have a problem, within a few moments, I want you to understand this from the Word of God, that all things in New and Old Testament must be in harmony and must be looked upon very precisely. In Revelation chapter 10, please check it in the sealed book, page 72, where Brother Branham says, here, he comes as the angel of the covenant directly to the Jews because the church is taken up. But let me read these important lines of verse 3. And cried with a loud voice as when a lion roars. And when he had roared, seven thunders uttered their voices. Come with me to Hosea chapter 11 to know precisely where this must be placed. Hosea chapter 11 verse 10. Remember the word roar. You must always find the key word. Only if you got the key word, you can unlock that mystery. He will roar as a lion. Hosea chapter 11, verse 10. They shall walk after the Lord, and he shall roar like a lion. And when he shall roar, the children shall tremble from the west. Remember the word roar. Joel chapter 3, Joel chapter 3, verse 16. The Lord also shall roar out of Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem. And the heavens and the earth shall shake but the Lord will be a hope for his people and the strength of the children of Israel. You believe it? Not church. Israel. Israel. You go to Amos chapter 1 verse 2. And he said, the Lord will roar out of Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem. Don't worry. I say this again in love. Leave all things where they are and how they are. Just have one thing in mind. To be ready for the return of Christ. Let every other thing be as it is. God will take care of it. In just a few words, if you see this, this three, these three circles, Brother Branham 
a number of times spoke about the the outside and then the second room and then the soul the soul the inside of the inside and in the message the anointed ones at the end time brother Branham made the tremendous statement you can be baptized with the real Holy Spirit in the second room and not be saved and born again in your soul I had to listen again I had to listen again and then he referred to the anointed ones at the end time who will come in that day and say Lord Lord have you not prophesied in your name have you not done all these great things in your name and the Lord will say depart from me you workers of iniquity what about your soul not about your intellect is your soul saved have you received eternal life in your soul in your soul brother and sister I'm not criticizing but many claim to know the message they don't know what repentance is they don't know what conversion is they don't know what the new birth is they don't know what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is they just have the words but not the reality with the message of the hour the reality of God is connected and we as true believers of the end time message we hear the words of 2nd Corinthians chapter 6 from verse 14 ye my people come out from among them and be separate says the Lord your God then I will receive you and you shall be my sons and my daughters so the message of the hour is a calling out a restoration a preparation message and I say again don't miss the time of your visitation and all of you who have not yet been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ please do it and have it done at the next occasion. I had to be rebaptized, and many others had to be rebaptized just to fulfill all righteousness, to be restored, to leave every teaching that comes from Rome and go back to every teaching that originates from Jerusalem. Isaiah chapter 2 Micah chapter 4 the word of God will come forth from Jerusalem and the teaching from Mount Zion the first sermon on the day of Pentecost was preached on Mount Zion in Jerusalem if you're ever to go to Jerusalem the Temple Mountain you can see it very well from the Mount of Olives stretches right to Mount Zion and is the old Moria where Abraham brought his son Isaac as a sacrifice my beloved brothers and sisters 
Thanks be to God Almighty for the holy words. In that, if I say this, please understand it in the right way. There has never been a time on the face of the earth when all the mysteries hid in the word of God from Genesis to Revelation were revealed and made known to us in our time. Never before, never before was the whole counsel of God, the whole plan of God, the promises for our day, never was there a time like this. It's our time. And therefore, I say again, don't miss the day of your visitation. Closing with the most wonderful scriptures, Matthew 25, verse 10. They that were ready went into the marriage and the door was closed. May the people ready for the Lord. A time of calling out, a time of restoration, a time of preparation. And dear sisters, and let the brothers hear it, all of you who got married, if you have got years or months and weeks, you may think about many, many different things which need to be arranged in connection with the marriage. But when the last day comes, when the last hours come, then the bride is no more concerned who will sit here and who will do this and who will do that. She takes a bath. She looks into the mirror. And most of the ladies in our time, they look here in the mirror, they put the mirror here, they put the mirror here, they put the mirror everywhere. In the last moments, we are not worried about who is going to be where. You are married to be dressed in white, to meet the bridegroom. And this is the hour, brothers and sisters. Don't be worried about seven thunders. Don't be worried about anything. Leave all things to God. Be worried to be ready at the return of Jesus Christ. Let us stand for a word of prayer. And before we pray, would you have the liberty to raise your hands if you wish to be ready for the return of Christ? Just let's raise all our hands. Sure, the Lord God bless you. Revelation 19, verse 7. And his bride has made herself ready. This is our time to get ready. And I say it again, don't worry about the things which will happen. Worry to be ready for the return of the bridegroom. And only those who are part of the bride will hear the message of the bridegroom. So if you believe the message of the hour, I can assure you, you are part of the bride. You are part of the bride. And then the promise seven times made in Revelation 2 and 3, Whosoever 
has an ear, let him hear Amen. what the Spirit says unto the churches. If God has opened your ear, then our Lord says, Blessed are your ears for the hear. If God has given eyesight to your eyes, blessed are your eyes for they see. Blessed is your heart for it receives. Please never forget this. They that were ready, behold, the bridegroom comes. I experienced the rapture in January 1981. Oh, yes, oh, yes. I was taken out of my body. I was dying with malaria tropicum given up by the doctors when I was in Accra, Ghana on the mission trip. I got four bites of the sissy fly which carries the malaria tropica in one night. And I just came home for Christmas in December 1980. And December 31st, I was taken to the hospital, partly unconscious, could not walk, could not talk anymore. And the doctors, I could still hear, the doctors were using the same sentence, too late, too late. And they pushed me into the room where people die. One curtain to your left and one curtain to your right, given up by the doctors and pushed into the room to die. And I just wanted to say these words, Dear Lord, how do I stand before you? How do I appear in your presence? I could not speak, I was too weak, but I wanted to say these words. The next moment, I was taken out of this body, under the blue sky, and when I looked to my right, I saw a white-dressed multitude which no man can number. And all were young, all were young, all were young, not more than 18, about 17, 18. All the brothers and all the sisters, all were young. At that time, I did not know the scripture in Job 33, verse 25, that we shall be placed back into the days of our youth. But I can assure you, and I don't say this because Brother Branham said it. You know, Brother Branham had his experience beyond the curtain of time. You know that. But I say this because I had this experience in January 81. All were young. And I tell you, in eternity, Everything will be perfect. There will be nobody walking on crutches. Nobody having pain. Everything as it was before the fall. As it was before the fall. Brothers and sisters, if you would know what the Lord has prepared, even until the changing of our bodies, but because our bodies must be changed, our hearts must be changed first. If the inside is not changed now, when Christ enters your soul, then the outside will not be changed 
when he returns. So let us make sure, beloved brothers and sisters, as we all wish to be part of the bride, be ready for the return of Christ. One more question. How many believe that Brother Branham was the promised prophet? Let me see how it's God bless you. God bless you. God bless you in Jesus' holy name. And if God has sent him, it's for a great purpose that the bride would be called out and made ready for the return of Christ. So let us all pray together, believe together, and proceed together. Let's all raise our voices and give glory unto God. Dear Lord, we just thank you with all our hearts for your holy word, for the message of the hour, for the blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary. We thank you for the divine revelation. We thank you for all the blessings you have given unto your church. And I pray today, I pray today that divine revelation, divine understanding will be granted to each and every one. Bless all my brothers. Bless all my sisters. And be with us all. Be with us all. Save the lost. Hear the sick. Deliver those who are bound. We give you praise, honor, and glory in the name of Jesus Christ. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, we are told that the time would come when people would not endure the sound doctrine, but turn from the truth to fables, having itching ears. Amen. And so many fables in the message 
have been imported and exported from country to country. And some follow this, some follow this, and many divisions were caused. The Word of God will never cause a division. The Word of God will bring us together under Christ. And therefore, I have to say this as a challenge. Make your decision. Whether you have itching ears, well, this brother, with this brother, a new revelation or something, or whether you have an ear to hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. And the Spirit will always speak the words. The words are spirit in life. So don't follow a man. Don't follow a single interpretation. Only what you can read in the scriptures, we must preach and we should believe everything else we just have to leave with God. The dear Lord bless you and be with you. You may be seated and I just wish to say thank you for coming to hear the least of the servants of the Lord. But it's the word we are concerned about. God bless you. And if I don't see you on earth again, I'm sure I will see you in glory. God bless you. Amen.